thank you all for being back tonight. How many of you have your Bibles? Okay, open your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, and we'll read one verse of Scripture tonight, verse 12. 1 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 12. I have titled tonight's message, Calvary Through the Eyes of Angels. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire look into. The last part of the verse is our focus tonight. Which things the angels desire to look into. The scriptures confirm angels. Angels were mentioned 108 times in the Old Testament. And there is a reference to angels 165 times in the New Testament. Jesus himself spoke of angels in Matthew 18 and verse 10. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of the Father which is in heaven. Now, angels were present at creation, for the Bible teaches us, for by him were all things made. Now, while angels were created servants for God, you and I, through the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, have become the converted sons and daughters of God. Angels are invisible but they are always present. And there are angels in our assembly tonight. Now the angels were given a great assignment. Their first assignment was to the Savior, to the Lord Jesus. And their assignment was simply this, to praise the name that is above every name. Revelations 5, verses 11 and 12. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. Listen to this. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands crying with a loud voice. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and glory and honor and blessing. And I thought about that verse and I considered, you know, the angels were created angels. They have never sinned. They have never known the joy of singing the song of redemption. Yet the angels are in eternity tonight proclaiming daily 
Worthy is the lamb that was slain. And I thought, man, if the angels who have never experienced salvation through the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ are somewhere in eternity tonight praising the name that is above every name, don't you think it's time we as Baptists caught up with the angels and joined them in singing and in praise, worthy is the Lamb. They had a great assignment to praise the name that is above every name. But they also had a second assignment, and that was to protect his holiness. In Genesis 3, therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims or angels and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. As you study scripture, you soon come to understand that sin haunted the Garden of Eden. But the God of the Garden was not asleep and he was heralded by the angels, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Now, San Francisco has forgotten that he is holy. Washington has forgotten that he is holy. The Supreme Court has forgotten that he is holy. But he is still the Holy One of Israel, and someday at his name, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And there are angels on assignment tonight to protect the holiness of God. Well, not only did the angels have an assignment to the Savior, but they also have an assignment to the saints as well. And their first assignment to us is to deliver us in our days of danger. You well know that the President of the United States has secret service agents on assignment to protect him on a daily basis. But you and I tonight, as the converted sons and daughters of God, have a greater secret service detail than the President of the United States. We have angels on assignment, listen, lest we dash our foot against the stone. They're on assignment tonight to deliver us in our days of danger. But they have a second assignment to us as well, and that is to defend us in death. Luke 16 and verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died. And he was carried by the angels into Father Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and he was buried. I would like to have read the beggar's obituary when they listed the pallbearers because there were angels on assignment. And and I began to read that and I thought, man, tonight we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but 
powers and principalities and, and the forces of darkness. And the enemy tonight on a daily basis endeavors to dismantle us, to discourage us, and to ultimately destroy us. So when our souls escape this temporal vessel of clay and take flights to worlds unknown, can you not imagine that the enemy and the demons of hell would seek to devour and to destroy our souls at that moment if they could? That may be the reason. There are angels on assignment. When the believer dies to escort their souls safely into Father Abraham's bosom. Well, however the day was born that the angels had to step aside to see the will of the Father accomplished. And I hope you're taking notes tonight because somewhere down the road this will encourage you and bless you at a later time. Four things the angels desire to look into. First of all, the angel sensed his sorrow in the garden. Luke 29 and verse 39, And he came out and went as he was to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray ye not that you enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Now, when Jesus went into the hinder part of the garden to pray, the Bible teaches us that Peter, James, and John tarried, and they even fell asleep. And when I read that, I got a little angry. I thought, man, Jesus had been so faithful to Peter, James, and John. And now, in the hour when he needed them the very most, the Bible says they tarried and fell asleep. And I thought, when I get to heaven, I'm going to round Peter, James, and John up and give those dudes a piece of my mind for not being faithful to Jesus in the garden. But then it seemed the Holy Spirit whispered to my heart that Peter, James, and John loved Jesus so very much that they would have gladly drank the bitter cup of death for Jesus. But that bitter cup belonged to Jesus and Jesus alone. And when he went to the hinder part of the garden to pray, and the Bible teaches us that all of hell came against him in the garden. But there in the garden alone, all alone, the Bible says, an angel appeared unto him from heaven, strengthening him. The angels sensed his sorrow in the garden. But there is a second thing, and that is this. 
The angel surveyed his suffering at Golgotha. The angels were present the day that Jesus died, but they did not understand. The angels were used to getting up every morning and and singing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And now they are present at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They're now witnessing as, as Roman centurions bear nails into his hands and his feet. They see the Roman centurion pierce his side. They see the crowd spit upon Jesus, laugh at Jesus, make a mockery of Jesus. They see the crown of thorns on his brow. They now see him stripped of his raiment as he cries, I thirst. And if the angels were commissioned to protect his holiness, can you not imagine They were getting a little restless at Calvary. I believe one of those angels may have looked into the eyes and into the heart of God and said to the Father, let us revenge him. Father, here's 10,000 angels. Here's 10,000 more angels. That's that's 20,000 angels. Father, we can declare war on this crowd. It won't take us 20 seconds to clean this mess up. Let us revenge him. But the father said, today my son cannot be revenged. Another angel said, Father, can we just go release him? Look what they're doing to your son. They're spitting on him. They're laughing. They're making a mockery. Do you not see what they're doing? Let us go release him from the cross. The father said, today my son cannot be released. Another angel said, well, if we cannot release him, if we cannot revenge him, let us just go and and return him to his rightful place at your right hand. We won't treat him that way. We won't spit upon him. We won't curse him. We won't make a mockery of him. We assure you, Father, we will arise early in the morning and once again sing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. The father said, today my son cannot be returned to his rightful place. They saw his suffering at Golgotha. The angels were present, but they did not understand. And suddenly they heard Jesus cry, Tetelestai! Tetelestai! And the Greek translation of that word is it is finished. The Greek Olympic runners, as they would run their race and cross the finish line, they would raise their hands and cry, Tetelestai, the race is run and the race is won. That's what Jesus cried on the cross. Tetelestai, the race is run and the race is won. Aren't you glad Jesus simply said, it is finished? He did not say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. 
God's redemptive plan of salvation is now done. We cannot add anything to the cross. We cannot add anything to the blood. Nor can we take anything away. It is by and through the cleansing, redeeming, atoning blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing more and nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And the angels surveyed his suffering at Golgotha. And Jesus died. There was a convocation in Atlanta, Georgia recently. And supposedly scholars and theologians from around the world gathered to convene and convey their thoughts on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And keep in mind that I said these were pursued. Zoom scholars and theologians because here was their conclusion concerning the death of Jesus Christ. They said he did not die a literal physical death. He only fell into a deep sleep. Now folks, I'm country and I was born at night But I wasn't born last night. And the Bible says Jesus died. And if the Bible said Jesus died, do you know what that means? Jesus died a literal, physical death. And by the way, no man took his life from him. Jesus willingly and willfully laid down his life. That we could experience life and experience it more abundantly. And on the cross, Jesus died. Well, the angel sensed his sorrow in the garden. They surveyed his suffering at Golgotha. But there's a third thing. They saw his stopover at the grave. And by the way, that's all it was. A three-day delay. The angels saw his stopover at the grave. Matthew 28 in verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and he came and he rolled back the stone from the door and he sat on it. Out of all of those thousands of angels, how would you like to have been the angel that was selected to go down to that borrowed tomb in Palestine that first Easter Sunday morning had helped bear witness that Jesus was no longer dead, but he is risen indeed. And I read that verse. And let's read it again. Because I want you to receive this. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord Descended from heaven and he came and he rolled back the stone from the door and he sat on it. 
Now, I'm a little curious, and you know, I believe in the resurrection. I believe that was a real angel, a physical angel. I believe he literally came. I believe he rolled that stone away. And then the Bible said he sat on the stone. And I thought, why in the world did he sit on the stone? Why didn't he just fly away and have a happy spell? And say, he is no longer here. He is risen indeed. But the Bible says after he rolled the stone away, he sat on the stone. I believe one of his angel buddies flew by and said, hey, let's go protect a believer. We got an old boy down here in trouble. He's, he's about to lose his life. Let's go deliver him in his day of danger. And that angel said, no way. Another angel may have come by and said, there's an old saint of God down there in Bristol, Tennessee, getting ready to make the crossing and, and let's go uh, defend that old time believer's soul in death. That angel said, no way, Jose. I'm not going anywhere. Best seat in the house. <laughs> Best seat in the house. Heaven and hell just had a head-on collision. The smoke is about to clear. It's resurrection morning. Jesus is no longer dead. He is alive just like he said. And the angel saw his stopover at the grave. And I've got news for you tonight. He is not in a borrowed tomb in Palestine. A few years ago, I was scheduled to go to Israel with the hoppers. And we were going to enjoy 10 days there. But the State Department issued a warning. The hoppers went. I didn't. I have two small children. I, I want to go to the New Jerusalem from Kingsport. I don't want to go to the New Jerusalem from the Old Jerusalem. And after the hoppers came back from the borrowed tomb... Will called me and he said, Phil, we just got back from the borrowed tomb. We just saw the sepulcher where Jesus was laid. And we have great news for you. It's still empty. I said, Will, I could have saved you 5,000 bucks. I've never been there, believe it or not. I've never seen that borrowed tomb. But there is a confirmation in my heart and in my spirit tonight. He is not there. He is risen like he said. And the angels saw his stopover at the grave. Folks, we're not worshiping a corpse. We're worshiping the resurrected Christ. And in these last days, we need to work like he's alive. We need to witness like he's alive. And yes, we need to worship like he's alive. The angels sensed his sorrow in the garden. They surveyed his suffering at Golgotha. They saw his stopover at the grave. And there's a final thing. I believe they saluted him as gravity lost its hold. Acts 1, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received Jesus out of their sight. 
And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men, angels, stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing into heaven? This same Jesus. Did you hear that? This same Jesus. Not a Hollywood Jesus. Not a cowboy Jesus. Not a Harley Davidson Jesus. He said, hey, this same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go away. Now use your spiritual imagination. Jesus' rightful place was at the right hand of God the Father. His seat had been empty for 33 years. Jesus took upon himself the form of a servant and walked among men as a man for 33 years. And for 33 years, his seat at the right hand of God the Father had been empty. How do you think the angels responded? When they heard the news, Jesus is coming home today. How do you think they responded? As the news spread across the eternal city of God, the Son The Lamb is coming home today. Well, one of those angels on the welcoming committee said, we've got to have a party. And I believe those angels lined the streets of the eternal city of God to welcome Jesus home. I can imagine that. You say, Brother Phil, can you prove that? No, but you can't prove it didn't happen. (laughs) Let me say it again. I believe the angels lined the streets of the eternal city of God in unison to welcome the Lamb of God. And as he entered the city of God, I believe one angel saluted him and said, Welcome home, Jesus. I believe another angel stepped out and said, we missed you, Jesus. I believe another angel stepped out and said, your seat at the right hand of of God the Father is reserved for you. Job well done, Jesus. I believe another angel stepped out and said, mission accomplished, Jesus. Another angel Steps out and salutes him and said, Welcome home, Jesus. We've missed you, Jesus. But to be honest, sir, you really look tired. And don't misunderstand me, Jesus, but it really looks like you've been to hell and back. And Jesus said, I have. 
And here's the keys. Hang them in the trophy case of grace. Sealed and, and sanctioned by the blood of the crucified Lamb of God. And in case it's never dawned on you tonight, the devil is the only guy in town in business that doesn't have the keys to his own shop. Amen. And, and the angels began to sing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. But there's coming a day when the angels are going to have to step aside because the redeemed and the ransomed of the fall will join the angels in the eternal city of God. And we have a song to sing, but it's a song the angels cannot sing. And it goes like this. Help me sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And you know the best part is they can't crown Jesus until we get there. And what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Let's stand. And I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand. And leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day, glorious day, that will be. These things, the angels, desire to look into. May we pray. Father, I thank you for this night. I thank you for your spirit and your presence in this place. I thank you for the freedom that you've given us today to proclaim your word. I thank you for Tennessee Avenue Baptist Church. I pray, Lord, that you shadow, undergird, protect, and encourage the people of God here. 
Father, increase their faith and their patience as they wait on the man of God to come to love and to lead them as their pastor. Thank you for the history of this church. Thank you that multitudes have been won to Christ through the ministry of Tennessee Avenue. And I pray that in these last days, this church will mount up with wings as eagles. That they will run and not be weary. That they would walk and not faint. Increase their faith. Give them strength physically, spiritually, and emotionally. To win this community to Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.